Let's go. Welcome, everybody. In today's episode, we will be delving into the fantasy draft that I did uh, last episode. We'll look at some reaches, uh, some steals, uh, potential bad picks, mostly done by me. We'll also get into some uh, preseason musings, talk about some injuries in NHL news. Let's get to biz. This is Fantasy NHL Today. Tuesday. We are going to talk some fantasy hockey. I'm excited. Uh, I love doing these shows. Um, I love that uh, you guys are listening and tuning in. So thank you so much for your for your support. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, I'm excited to, to get into this draft that we did. Uh, so hopefully you enjoyed that that uh, league draft that I did last episode. Um, I've, I've had a chance to sort of look at my team and, and dissect it myself. I'm, I'm pretty happy with what I have there for the most part. So we'll see. But before we get into that, we want to talk a little bit. Uh, well, you actually, before we get into that, I need to self-promote. Uh, okay, and it's really important for me personally because uh, I'm a sensitive person, and I need uh, to be acknowledged. All right, I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh, please follow me on Twitter at Blake Creamer SE. Okay, you can also find uh, find me on SportsEthos.com uh, in the NHL hockey section. Okay, please follow me. If you like what you hear here, use a please give me a five-star review, uh, follow, and uh, yeah, set your notifications so you get every new episode, all right? Because I'm going to be ramping up some, some episodes here because the season is very close. We're only a few days away. It's, it's insane. I'm, I'm excited. This, is, this off-season has really flown by. So lots of fun stuff happening. Let's get into it. We're going to talk about some NHL news. News! New news! 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 First off, uh, I want to talk just a a couple signings that have happened. I I haven't talked about this one signing. Jake Allen, Montreal Canadiens, signed a two-year, $3.85 million contract. Um, That's a nice contract for him. Uh, Definitely considering just... um, the performance that, that he's really had in Montreal, it hasn't been amazing, right? Uh, Montreal, just in general, not uh, uh, not really looking too good um, this season and haven't, haven't been over the last couple seasons either. So looking at Jake Allen, I mean, last year as a backup to Carey Price, played, you know, 35 games, nine wins, 20 losses. It's not good, okay? Um, he also had a, a, a career-high goals against average of 3.30. His His... Uh, career average is 2.6. All right. So definitely an off season. I think Jake Allen should bounce back uh, this year and he's going to get a lot more volume, right? Because Carey Price, we don't know what's going on with him. He likely won't play this year. So Jake Allen's the man uh, in the cage in, in Montreal. So definitely, I mean, I'm not suggesting you draft uh, Jake Allen, but if you're fading goalies till the end of your draft and you need a volume starter, Jake Allen is going to be there. He's, he's not getting drafted in a lot of leagues. So Jake Allen, congratulations. Good job to you. Okay. Uh, the other big news of the day, Matthew Barzell. 
big contract. They locked him up. All right. They signed him uh, to an eight year, $9.15 million contract. And uh, damn, that is that is quite a contract. I mean, um, he's a 25 year old guy, so you, you got to like that. They're they're getting him, you know, locked down for eight years. That that's it's a nice contract, and maybe it looks good later on. Right now, it seems high, right? Nine million. I mean, he's making more than Drysaitel currently. He's 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 making more than than a, than a lot of guys uh, that you know produce at a higher level than he does, right? So obviously, they're paying for what they may get in the future. Um, but I do like to see when teams commit to players like this, it just means that I think he's going to have a lot more opportunity. When you pay a player like this, you know, uh, he's going to get he's going to get more minutes. So last season he had, you know, 18 minutes total on ice average. Right. And uh, to me, that, that could go up. Right. And it should go up. He's their best player. He's their most offensive player. Um, so, you know, I, I would say pencil him in for a at least another minute, maybe two minutes more per game, which is excellent. Uh, last season, he had 59 points in 73 games, not, you know, setting the world on fire. Um, it was a 66-point pace uh, over 82 games. You know, he was minus 15 as well, not great. He's not a big-volume shooter either. He's more of a, a distributor, facilitator, but his speed um, puts gets him and his teammates uh, in a lot of good positions. So I'm, I think that's why his assist uh, rate is so high. Uh, one thing I did notice, his shooting percentage last year, um, a little bit uh, definitely below his career average. He was shot at 9.3%, so for 15 goals. That's, that's not great, right? Um, for a young guy like this, I, I'd love to see that. Uh, first off, let's get it into double digits. I mean, the season before, uh, he, had, he had a 12.7 shooting percentage. So if we put it back up there, we're looking, I think 20 goals, 70 points for Barzal is, is probably what you can expect. Um, I think a 65-point floor, pretty safe there as well, as long as he doesn't get injured. But I like Barzal. I, I got him really late. Like um, he, He's available at an insane uh, ADP. So one, one of the things against Barzal, he's a center only. So, you know, if, if he doesn't, you can't plug him in different parts of your lineup, right, with that dual eligibility. So it is... You know, that late to pick a center only, you know, you're going to have to have a spot for that. But he's going to get power play one. He's going to get first line deployment. I like Barzal this year. Um, the contract seems high, but I don't know. I'm happy he's a young player. It, you know, might not look that bad in a few years, depending on if he can, if he can finally break out. Because it looks, his best season offensively was his first season, his rookie year, where he won the Calder. He had 85 points in 81 games. And then it's kind of been a slow grind ever since then. So let's see. Uh, I want to see Tip Top Matt Barzal doing well and uh, you know earning that contract. So I, I like the Islanders this year. I want to see what the what they can do with their new coach. Um, who is their new coach? Lane Lambert. Yeah. So I like the new coach, but also I mean he was the assistant under Barry Trotz. So is it going to be more of the same kind of that defensive brand of hockey, or is it going to be you know let's let these guys get to biz? You know. Matthew Barzell needs to get the biz. I want to see him uh, uh, light it up offensively this year. So hopefully that happens, especially for the team uh, uh, that I drafted him in my fantasy. So, okay. So Matt Barzell, big contract. Congratulations to you. Uh, let's talk about a few injuries too, just a, just a, uh, of note. Um, uh, I haven't talked about Cam Talbot being injured now for five to seven weeks uh, with an upper body injury so for the Ottawa Senators. So um, that kind of clears up a little bit of a murky goaltending situation in Ottawa. You've got Anton Forsberg now, who um, Talbot was actually being drafted ahead of. 
And now Anton Forsberg, who, who played very well last year, especially in the second half, uh, I think you need to move him up your drafts. And again, he's, he's kind of in a Jake Allen situation. I would draft Anton Forsberg well ahead of, of Jake Allen, that's for sure. So if you've got a goalie spot you're trying to fill very late in your draft, you could do a lot worse than Anton Forsberg. He's going to be a starting goalie on you know what, what is going to be an improved Ottawa team. And how much they improve, I'm not sure. But uh, their, their personnel up front especially is, is very very much improved so who knows they could be run and gun and and Anton Forsberg could just get lit up like a Christmas tree but uh you know Forsberg's there it clears it up I kind of like that it's you know sucky for Talbot but um yeah take a look at Forsberg late in your drafts all right um Nathan McKinnon uh you know I just follow him uh, because I got him on one of my teams as well took a puck in the face on Sunday and then wasn't on the ice subsequently for the next day's practice so it's just just a little update. He is back on the ice today, um, so his his uh, availability shouldn't be in question. He should play their last preseason game and and be good for the season. So that a boy Mac, Big Mac. Get to the chopper, right. Mac, Mac. Get to the chopper. And then uh, Scott Perunovic, young prospect defenseman out of St. Louis. Uh, he's going to be out for about six months. They, uh, yeah, he's got, I think he had shoulder surgery. So that's a tough blow for him. Um, you know, he was primed to at least make the team this year, maybe make some noise. I mean, he's got some guys in front of him there in St. Louis, you know, like uh, Justin Falk and Tori Krug and even Pareko, guys like that, that are probably going to get, you know, more time on ice, more uh, power play time. But Brunovich still, I, th- I thought he had a really good chance of making the team and maybe, you know, maybe doing something. So that's unfortunate. He's going to be reevaluated in six months. Uh, yeah, he had surgery to, I'm just reading here, yeah, repair a fractured left shoulder. So that sucks. Sucks for that guy. But uh, I don't know. Keep an eye on him. Definitely in your dynasty leagues, you want to, he, he's going to be a player for sure. And maybe sooner rather than later. Okay, that's it for the injuries and the uh, signings that we're talking about. I do want to just briefly talk a little bit about some of the things I've noticed in preseason. Um, you know, and I, I won't go too far on it because preseason is exactly that. It's just, it's, it's a preseason. They're, they're, they're trying things out. Um, so you, we, you see a lot of different line combos and you get excited about those line combos and then, you know, day one of the season comes and it just goes right back to old faithful, which is, I've seen it time and time again, but there are little things that you want to take notice of. And at the very least things like you want to watch for and players, maybe you want to put on your watch list, right? Um, so a couple things I noticed, even, uh, last night's game, um, Edmonton just shredded the Canucks, unfortunately, seven to two. Uh, they got a young rookie on that team, first rounder Dylan Holloway with the hat trick. Uh, I always like to see that uh, a young rookie going in and, and making a statement like that. Um, and he is signed to the team, so I don't know. There might be a spot for him on that team. Uh, definitely, I, I would think that it'll be on the you know the bottom six. He'll probably get rookie type minutes. I don't expect him to be really fantasy relevant at all. But uh, nice story, Dylan Holloway hat trick against the Canucks. You hate to see it, but it's good for him. All right. Um, and then Cole Perfetti Monspaghetti. is another guy I wanted to talk about just on Winnipeg, uh, Winnipeg Jets. It looks like he's going to get top six deployment this year. And I think he could be a bit of a steal, a bit of a, a breakout player coming this year. Um, so top six minutes, he's probably going to be on power play one, 
Definitely power play too. He's, he's an offensive player. But even just this one game, if we look at that, he, he played well over 20 minutes. He had eight shots, two goals in, in his last game here, preseason game. He's got dual eligibility, center right wing. So he's got that positional scarcity and he can kind of help you out. So um, to me, Cole Perfetti is draftable for sure, like depending on, on how many rounds you're doing. But definitely at the later end there, you know, it's kind of a swing. You're taking a swing on Cole Perfetti to perform. I think... What's realistic for Cole Perfetti is maybe 50 points, 40 to 50 points. Um, you know, he, he might kind of start out hot and then peter out throughout the season is kind of what I'm thinking. But um, you got to like that he's in the top six. That means he's playing with, uh, you know, uh, pretty decent players, right? Um, like Kyle Connor, if he gets on a line with Kyle Connor and, and uh, you know, Shifley or uh, PLD, Pierre-Luc Dubois, like that, that's... That's some nice deployment. I mean, I, I do think Winnipeg is going to bounce back this year. They uh, A lot of people are sleeping on them, and they, they just have a lot of good fantasy assets. Um, and I do believe the new coach there is going to sort of, he wants them to be more offensive. He's, he's already talked about the defensemen in particular jumping up and, and doing things. So, yeah, Cole Perfetti. Monster Getty. Take a, take a flyer on that. Check them out. Put them on your watch list, very least. Um, another very popular sleeper, as I call them, snoozies. Um, Arturi Lekkonen, Colorado Avalanche. He's doing what we thought he would do or what we hoped he would do. Um, he's getting first line minutes uh, and power play one. So he got two goals in his last game. Um, love to see it. He also played 19 minutes. So I love to see that. Um, you know, we just need to see it a little more. We need to, um, you know, while uh, Gabriel Landeskog is out, I think Lekkonen is the clear choice to jump up on that line. And I think even when Landis Scott comes back, Lekkonen uh, will probably take Nazem Kadri's old spot on that power play one. And I think he just has a lot of value. I think there's um, a pretty decent floor on Lekkonen. I think you're looking at 40, 50 points. But, I mean, his ceiling can, can really take off. Like, he's, he was a third-line grinder on Montreal. Uh, but now that he's, he's getting an opportunity with Colorado, I think he can, he can really take off. He hits. Um, so, so you're, you're, you're not getting nothing there. He, he definitely hits. And, uh, I think, you know, 60 points is, is pretty reasonable for Arturi Lekkonen. So, um, if you, again, late round picks, Lekkonen, pick him up and feel good about it. I think he's really going to break out this year. Um, another, just another player of note on uh, Colorado is, uh, Evan Rodriguez. Um, I don't know a lot about this player, but I do know that he shoots a ton, right? And, and he had that really nice stretch in Pittsburgh last year. I think I picked him up on a couple teams just while he was hot and then ended up dropping him because he lost his, his deployment there. So we'll see what they do in Colorado, but again, he could get a chance to play with some really good players and he's just, he just shoots a ton, you know what I mean? And, and, and he had a really good stretch and he's, he's, you know, seems to know what he's doing out there. So um, I like the deployment. I like the players he's playing with. And uh, I, I, he's more of a watch list guy for me, Evan Rodriguez. And then lastly, I want to talk about Phil, the thrill, Kessel, the hot dog man. Ask me about my wiener. <laughs> All right. Um, in Vegas, he's getting reps on the top line with Jack Eichel, which is a bit of a surprise. Um we, I think uh, myself, I've been listening to a lot of different uh, hockey podcasts as well. And um, yeah, just talking about Jonathan Marchessault as someone who might be breaking out the season. And he's already done very well, Marchessault. But there was a thought that, you know, 
uh, which I think is common sense, that they put him on the top line with Jack Eichel and Mark Stone. And it looks like Phil Kessel is occupying that spot right now. So while that's great for Phil Kessel, I think that that really ups his his value. He's going to get a lot more assists, that's for sure. Um, But yeah, Jonathan Marchessault, it doesn't really do anything for him. But the good thing is his floor to me is pretty safe. Like he wasn't really playing those kind of minutes with Jack Eichel. He, he was playing second line, third line minutes last season anyway. So I think you can expect more of the same out of Jonathan March or so, but you might not get that high ceiling if he's not playing that power play one and that uh, first line with Jack Eichel. So again, something to watch. All right. What to watch for. Okay. That's all I kind of saw about the preseason. I, I just, I cannot wait for the season to start because I want to just start analyzing things for real, all right? It's all just extrapolating what we think is going to happen now, but I, but I just love it when it happens for real and you try and find these diamonds in the rough, these guys just that come out of nowhere. It's an exciting time. So uh, before we get into the draft, I do want to just very quickly um, just talk to you about what, what you can expect from the show coming up uh, once the season starts. So... Um, we are going to do, uh, uh, on Mondays, uh, I'll do my best to do a weekend recap. So all the games on the weekend, uh, fantasy implications, things like that. We're going to do game recaps every episode as, as much as I can. Um, so uh, what I also want to do, though, is really going to be important, is we, I'm going to do weekend shows as well, um, either Saturday or Sunday. And I want to do some streaming strategies. That's, that's going to be a really, I hope, valuable part of this podcast for you and your teams is like, who do you stream? All right. Like, how are you? How do you maximize your games played? Um, who are the the guys you want to you want to target, right? And we'll do points leagues and category leagues. All right. So we'll do top streamers for points, top streamers for categories. All right. Just some strategies you can do. We'll also do what to watch for pretty much at the end of every episode. So kind of homework to you know watch this game and see what happens. Right. How are they deploying? this player and so on and so forth right and then i'm also going to do a section called cream of the crop i am the cream yeah the cream of the crop okay and that'll be just the top uh fantasy performers of the day okay so that's sort of something you can just expect moving forward in the season all right now let's get the biz about the draft okay we're gonna kind of go through so again i hope hope you appreciated just what you um, you know, what, what I was able to do there, it, uh, I've listened to it a couple of times. Yeah. It's, it's not the, it's not the most exciting podcasting, right? Cause I'm looking at a screen and you're just listening to my voice. So, uh, but hopefully you got something out of it. I will kind of dissect some of those picks here, see what went well, what didn't go well. Now let's get into it. Okay. So, um, for the first round, I'll, I'll, I'll go through a few players here, uh, definitely in the first few rounds, and then the later the rounds, I won't go through all the players, but I'll kind of just give you the way round one went here, okay? So round one, we had Connor McDavid at one, Austin Matthews, two, Kale McCarr at three, Leon Dreisaitl at four, Kaprasov at five, I got Nathan McKinnon at six, then it went Kucherov, Rantanen, Ovechkin, Barkov, Brady Kachuk and Vasilevsky to finish off that first round. Okay. So some of the interesting things that happened in this round, first off, Kale McCarr at three, dear God. Whoa. What in the, yeah, that's, that's, that's spicy. That's picante right there. That's not even spicy. That's picante. Okay. I mean, I don't think if you draft Kale McCarr in the first round, you're coming out of the first round, you're, you're laughing. I think Kale McCarr is, is going to have a great season. There's no question there, but I don't see how you pass up on Leon Dreisaitl at that spot. 
That is, that is interesting to me. I mean, I, I feel like Kale McCarr should be first round. That's fine. But that, like he, he's normally going around five and for him to go at three here, that seems a bit excessive. Um, and I think I do want to talk about something that I've been, I've been trying to learn about myself as, as to just try and understand why Kale McCarr might've been drafted that high. And it's something called VORP. Okay. That's value over replacement. Okay. Value over replacement players. So the idea behind that, and I'm still figuring this out myself is that um, you, instead of picking the, the best player available or the top ADP type player, you're picking a player that um, compared to the other players at his position or like someone you could pick up from the waiver wire, how much value over top of that waiver wire person are you getting? And in the case of defensemen and right wingers, um, those are scarce positions, right? So that we talked about positional scarcity. This is, this is where that value comes in, right? So, so I can understand maybe someone picking Kale McCarr early because his value over most of the other defensemen is, is, is like a, a chasm. It's a huge gap, right? Whereas if you pick a forward, um, you might be able to get some decent value off the waiver wire too. So that, that gap is a lot less, right? unless it's a right winger, right? Because um, right wingers are scarce, right? So that's why guys like Kucherov and Marner are so valuable uh, in this first round. Timo Meyer, all those guys, Pasternak. Um, I would suggest go out and, and, and pick up some of those players that are, are um, they're scarce positionally. But, so that's all I can think of why Makar might have went at three. It's a bit rich for me, all right? But I do like Kale Makar. Um, and then just, an, I got McKinnon at six. So because someone picked McCarr at three, um, you know, I, McKinnon dropped down the board and then, uh, Kaprasov got picked, uh, instead of McKinnon. So I'm not sure I like that either. I've seen Kaprasov fall in drafts a little bit, even to the, the, the later, uh, p- portion of round one. And I think that's reasonable. Kaprasov obviously had an amazing season last year. His potential is insane. And we've seen the highlights. He's a very talented player, but he's only had one season where he's done that, right? Nathan McKinnon has done it year after year and he just won the Stanley cup and he just signed a big contract. I mean, he's, uh, it's to me, that is a much safer pick. And, and in the first round, that is not where I want to be taking swings on players, right? And, and Kale McCarr and Kaprasov, they're not swings per se, but in the first half of the first round, it, I want something that's, that I know is a sure thing, that, that is as close to a sure thing as possible. And so when McKinnon fell to me, uh, I was loving it. That's a, that's a great thing for me. So, um, and then lastly, um, you can see Brady Kachuk went at 11 here. That's the big difference between... Cats leagues, category leagues, and and uh, and points leagues, right? Brady Kachuk in a points league, I mean, he's still valuable, right? Because he hits a ton, he shoots a ton. So those all have in a points league, they could have value for those those uh, statistics. But his points, I mean, he may get seventy points this year. I I mean, which is great, you know. His team is much improved, so I I hope he has more. I hope he just blows it out of the water, but. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking probably 70 points for Brady Kachuk, I think is reasonable, right? He's not going to be relied on to score like crazy because of the players they brought in. So, but his hits and his shots are still going to be up. So that's why you see him in the first round here. And it makes sense. He, he might even be able to go higher, honestly, in a cats league. So that's the first round. Don't worry. Every round's not going to take that long. Um, actually another interesting thing that happened at the end of round one and into round two, uh, one team chose Vasilevsky and Igor Shesterkin 
just went goalie crazy, which is, uh, that's a very interesting strategy. Um, not one I subscribe to. It's kind of a fun strategy, but it's not a strategy I want to do uh, for like a money league that I'm paying. That's, that's kind of like throwing a Hail Mary, you know, because, uh, you know, one of those players gets injured or has a bad season. Those, those are your first two round picks and you were leaving guys on the board that, you know, it, it just doesn't make any sense. There are goalies later on that can, that can somewhat match, th- uh, what, what those two goalies do anyways, very interesting stuff. Let's get to round two, round two. Um, so as I mentioned, Shesterkin, Hedman went next, Marner, Meyer, Yossi, um, JT Miller went at uh, uh, round two, pick six. I took David Pasternak, again, for that positional scarcity. Evander Kane went after that. Then Stamkos, Adam Fox, Jonathan Huberdeau, and Matthew Kachuk to finish out round two. So uh, the, the main things I noticed from this round, Evander Kane, at, at, uh, um, he went at pick 20. Um, and that is, yeah, that, that's pretty high. I mean, again, that goes to that. That's that Brady Kachuk, Evander Kane, um, you know, in a, in a category league, Evander Kane is going to get you goals. He's going to get you a ton of hits. He's going to get you, you know, some power play points, depending on how he's deployed there and shots. He's going to get you a ton of shots. So Evander Kane, a little bit early, I think at 20, even in a category league, but still, I mean, you're not going to hate that pick later on. It's just, yeah, they, he picked them over Stamkos to me and, and even Huberto. So I think, Maybe could have waited around there. Um, and, and speaking of Huberto, yeah, to me, he went a little bit late. So he went uh, the 23rd pick overall. Huberto is, his ADP is, is a first rounder, usually around 12. So he did drop a, basically a full round. Um, I'm not sure why. Uh, like Huberto does hit pretty reasonably for a forward. He's elite at his assists. Um, you know, is it, I, I wonder if it's just people just concerned that he's gone to the new team and, and how the fit's going to be there. But, I mean, they're giving him the keys to the team. He's, he's locked down a contract. He's going to, you know, he's going to get every opportunity that he had in Florida and maybe more because they don't have a guy like uh, Barkov, another superstar there. Um, you know, Huberto is the superstar there. So I like Huberto at, at uh, 23. You're getting some nice value there. You're going to like how you feel. I guarantee it. All right. Next round, round three. Pretty standard round. This is the round, um, uh, let's see. So it went uh, Moritz Sider, Crosby, Carlson, Rope Hints, for the love of Pete. We're real friendly around here. Whoa. Chris Letang went. Uh, I took the bread man, Artemi Panarin. Sveshnikov went next. Jack Eichel after that. Jake Gensel, Johnny Gaudreau, Sebastian Ajo, and Chris Kreider to round out round three. Um, yeah, I mean, the Ropa Hints pick, very, very early. Picking him at 28 is ludicrous, all right? And I had to do some digging here uh, because the guy who picked Ropa Hints in the third round, he's uh, an amazing fantasy player. Uh, he's a well-known, amazing fantasy player. <laughs> and it was kind of funny when he did that because then I started thinking, like, am I not valuing this guy enough? <laughs> like, should I be moving Ropa Hints at my board? And it turns out, no, this was an auto pick. This was a mistake. So um, he's going to live with that. At least it's a good player. Definitely not a third round player, though. He missed out on a lot of uh, of excellent picks there. So, And then Kreider at the end of round three, I saw that. Um, you know, I talked about Kreider, who, who should be, you know, drop down a bit in your boards in a categories league. He can, he, he has a lot more value because he hits, right? So 
That's the Chris Kreider situation, okay? Moving on, round four. Um, yeah, well, I'll let you know who kind of went here. So Zabanajad, Kyle Connor, Debrinkit, Patty Kane, Aaron Ekblad, Morgan Riley. I took UC Big Juicy Fruit, Saros. Would you like some uh, juice? Jacob Markstrom went after. Philip Forsberg went after that. Kevin Fiala, Quinn Hughes, and Vladimir Tarasenko. So that's the fourth round. Um, nothing I noticed uh, overly here that, that was out of place. Um, getting Kyle Connor in the fourth round is pretty nice. I mean, I know he doesn't have a lot of peripherals, so again, ca- category leagues, but you know, he's going to get you 40 goals. He's going to play a ton. That's a nice pickup in the fourth round. Um, I got uh, UC Saros. Uh, I spoke a little bit about UC Saros. He's just... I, I feel comfortable with UC Saros, and I, it's just one of those situations where just go out and get your guy. I felt it was right around the ADP where he's usually getting picked, and he was there, so I took him. Um, that said, like moving forward, I I am going to start just leaving the goalies on the board and trying to get them a little later because um, there's just so much value to be had later on. So um, I'm starting to subscribe to it. I'm starting to subscribe to the zero G plan in this particular draft. I got uh, UC Saros, so I, I can't be too mad at that. Um, yeah. The, the one thing I noticed here, Quinn Hughes was picked at uh, 47. I love Quinn Hughes, but in a category league, that's high. That is a very high pick for um, a defenseman of his caliber. Who's mostly just a scorer. He's a points league defenseman. So guys were left on the board, you know, like I got Darnell Nurse, which I wouldn't pick there, but I mean, he picked Quinn Hughes before Dougie Hamilton, uh, Nurse, Wierenski, um, even Rasmus Dahlin, like the, Drew Doughty, these, Brent Burns even. These are all guys that I think should be picked before Quinn Hughes in a category league. Moving on, we got round five. All right, and I will talk about uh, a few of the players um, Ehlers went, uh, Mark Stone, then William Nylander, Zach Wierenski, Jack Hughes. I love that pick. Um, I'm excited about Jack Hughes this year. I want him to do well. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just, uh, like I, like I mentioned in my snoozies, he's not exactly a snoozy, but I think he's really gonna, he is according to his ADP. So I think, um, in leagues where, uh, you're playing with some higher level uh, fantasy managers. Jack Hughes is going to go around this time, right? And and so I, it wasn't a surprise. Um, I took Darnell Nurse here, uh, a bit of a reach for me, but uh, again, Darnell Nurse, he's decent offensively uh, at even strength. He's not getting a lot of power play uh, stuff there, which is unfortunate, but he hits, he blocks, and he's just a handsome man. So let's uh, let's disagree on that. Dobson went after Connor Hellebuck here. Um, yeah, we'll see that. That could be a nice pick. Connor Hellebuck is, is one year removed from being one of the top three goaltenders taken off the board. And now he's getting taken at round five and I've seen him go a lot later as well. So yeah. And then Gabriel Landeskog, that's one I just wanted to, uh, he's picked at the end of round five here. Um, Injuries in general, I think, are guys are just dropping down the board. Like Landeskog, when he's not injured, is a third round player. Uh, based on his kind of skill set and what he's doing, especially in a category league. So um, while we don't know kind of the, the extent of the injury and how long he's going to be out, I think picking him up once he comes back in, especially in a head-to-head league, like you're, you're laughing. If you can tread water up to that point, you're laughing because when he comes back from injury, he's going to be a beast, okay? Um, yeah, so get Gabriel Laniscog, pick him up. Don't be afraid to pick up injured players uh, at value, okay? Uh, round six went Max Pacioretty, 
uh, don't agree with that pick. He's going to be out uh, very a very long time, and I don't think he's going to be too uh, productive when he comes back. That's just my thought there. Um, Pacioretty, Rasmus Dahlin, Sam Reinhardt, Jason Robertson, Pavel Buchnevich. Thatcher Demko went in this round, and I took Patrick Laine. Um, Darcy Camper went, Drew Doughty, Brent Burns, Claude Giroux, Evgeny Malkin. All right, so we're starting to get into, yeah, like the, you know, the, the meaty part of the draft, the middle part, right, where we're starting to kind of go with our projections and our strategies, right? But round six, I didn't really see anything besides Max Pacioretty. I, I, there's no way I would draft Max Pacioretty in round six there. Um, as, even as I just said, like, don't be afraid of injured players. Like, Max Patch is going to be out for a lot longer. Uh, I think than Landis Cog and you know, it's a new team. I just, I just, I'm not sure how he's going to be deployed there. He's older. I wouldn't touch him. I, I'm not interested in Max Pacioretty this year. Um, Patrick Laine, I, I did feel like I was a little bit early on this pick, but, but maybe not, you know, um, I did, uh, I do have him sort of projected for, for a, a breakout season. I don't think that's a real hot take. You know, you get a player like Johnny Gaudreau in there and he's playing with Patrick Laine. You expect Patrick Laine to, play a lot better. So I think 35 goals, 40 goals, very reasonable for Liney. And I love that in round six. I also love Brent Burns. He's in that round as well. So um, yeah, we'll keep moving on here. Nothing crazy. Round seven. Uh, in round seven, um, I can see, some, so uh, defensemen are starting to go off the board like at a pretty high rate. So we had Thomas Chabot, uh, Shabbat, sorry. I keep, I don't know how I'm pronouncing that man's name. Joey, Joe, Joe. <laughs> Junior Shabadoo? That's the worst name I ever heard. Oh, no. Hey, Joey Jojo! Uh, Devin Taves went. Um, you can see Shea Theodore went. I took Mackenzie Wieger, Seth Jones, Petrangelo, Heiskanen went. Uh, all in the same round. So, yeah, a little D run there. Um, yeah, I, I, I like Wieger a lot. I think uh, looking at this now, this is one of the picks that I think was a bit of a reach. I think I could have waited on Wieger. And also... Weger's potential is is um, he he reminds me a little bit of Darnell Nurse. Like I I really did think that he was gonna get a look on on the power play, and I'm not sure that that's gonna happen. At least at the start of the year, they've got Rasmus Anderson on there um, doing their power play, and they've also used Noah Hannafin at times there. So if he's third in the pecking order, like he'll definitely get power play too. But you know he had three power play points last year. I was hoping for more. Maybe we'll get more this year, but he's a, he's a peripheral God. Okay. Hits. He got bangs. He got blocks. All right. Mackie weeks. Um, he's gonna, it'll be good. I, I do feel like it's a little bit early for, for him, but, but I did notice the D were starting to go off the board. So I, again, this is just a case where I just went out and got my guy. Um, I did choose him over Heiskanen. Um, that's just for the peripherals. Um, Heiskanen's peripheral is not like Mackenzie Weegers. I think Heiskanen's offensive ceiling is higher, much higher. So that's sort of the way I went here, trying to just, uh, at this point, I think, you know, I was trying to lock up a few peripherals because I had a bunch of softies on my team already. Anyways, round eight, we moved on here. Um, some interesting players here. Matt Duchesne went. Um, yeah, again, that's late. Like, he's getting disrespected a lot in drafts to go, to go this late after the season he just had. I did talk about him as being a bust, and I still believe that. But, of course, he comes out in a couple preseason games and just lights it up like uh, like he's been doing it his whole life. And so, you know, we'll see. Keep an eye on Nashville this year. I mean, maybe maybe they're for real. Maybe that is just how they are right now. But, you know, still preseason play. 
Um, Stutzla got picked here. Got guy got sniped from me. Uh, three picks before my turn. I, I love Tim uh, Timmy Stutz. Um, I've got him in on a couple teams. Uh, he's he's going around eighty six. Um, which I, I think is going to be a, a value, you know, because he hits, he's going to get a ton of minutes. He's um, and power play one with amazing players, right? So, and they're committed to him, kind of what I said about uh, Matt Barzal. So they're committed to Timmy Stutes, and he's going to get a lot of opportunity. Kopitar went as well. Freddie Anderson in the eighth round. That is value right there. I don't know why Anderson uh, is uh, on Carolina is falling so much. I mean, he's playing on an elite team, like a top tier team. And he's their main goalie, so he's gonna he's gonna get some wins. He's gonna get saves. He's you know he's a bit injury prone, so we do know that about Freddie Anderson. But I don't know. You you can't draft that way. You can't draft worrying about injuries. You have to you know take take sometimes the best player that's there, and um, because you just can't project for those kind of things. So any uh, so went here as well, uh, right before my pick. Uh, I took uh, Toivo Teravainen. I'm very comfortable with that, um, but yeah, he's like I mentioned in in the previous episode. He's he's like a Panarin light. He does kind of the same thing. One thing I love about Teravainen though is the power play production. It's just it's it's solid as a rock. He's on that top power play and he's getting points, right? I love that. So um, and uh, with Brent Burns on the power play there, uh, I think he is a massive upgrade to Tony D'Angelo. So I think I mean he. Teufel Teravainen, hot take right here. He could get 30 power play points, all right? Over 30 power play points this season. Book it, all right? I love me some TT, all right? But I always feel bad drafting him, especially in cast leagues, because I'm like, he doesn't do anything else, and he doesn't score that much. But that's all right. He's off the hook, all right? He's got the dual eligibility, too, left wing, right wing. Give me some Teravainen. I'm taking Teravainen. I want Iguodala. Tage Thompson went off the board here. I like that. In fan tracks, actually, Tage Thompson has a center right wing designation, but in Yahoo, he only has center. So I think that kind of caps his value for me. He should do well, though. Brian Rust was the only pick here. Uh, I wasn't loving. I mean, Rust is playing first line in Pittsburgh, but I just think he's always been that, and he hasn't really excelled, at least offensively, and he's not offering a ton of peripherals. So I think it's a safe floor, but it's a pretty low ceiling uh, with Brian Rust. I mean... And he's been injured. He's been injured over the last three seasons. So I just think that, um, yeah, he's got great deployment. Um, and he had he actually had a great season last year. Now I'm looking. <laughs> he had 58 points in 60 games. So I like that. He's 30 years old. Um, I'm not sure it's sustainable. Uh, there, there's there's nothing, nothing crazy about the numbers that I'm looking at here besides the fact that he upped his shots per game. Um, he definitely had more points on the power play. He started clicking on the power play. So, yeah, we'll see. Brian Rust in uh, the eighth round. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Let's carry on. Ninth round. We got some goalies going off the board. Um, Bobrovsky, uh, Kairou went. John Tavares. This is an interesting one. John Tavares in the ninth round. What the, like... This is something I want you to look at. If you're still drafting, like I have one more draft myself tonight that I'm going to be doing. But if you're still drafting, John Tavares, his ADP actually dropped in Yahoo um, just because of his oblique injury. Like he may only be out a few weeks. So uh, his ADP before this was right around 60. And now this person here picked up John Tavares at 99. That is ridiculous value. So um, that's a miss on just on all our parts to seeing Tavares fall that low, right? I mean, he is center only and he's injured, right? But 
I think Tavares is probably going to have a great season. As usual, he's playing on a, on a lethal power play. And he'll be back, right? So don't sleep on John Tavares, all right? In this uh, round, I took Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how he does. He's, he's obviously locked into the top six there in Winnipeg. He bangs. I'm just going to keep saying it. He bangs. I've got to come up with a new word for hits. He, I don't know, I'll, I'll, I'll noodle on this. I'll think about this, all right? Uh, but yeah, PLD, he's doing well. I like getting him in this round. It, it was actually a good pick that helped me feel good about my peripherals. Um, Larkin went right behind. Jesper Bratt, Cole Caulfield, Bowen Byram, Lucas Raymond, and then Tori Crew to round out round nine. So, uh, yeah, again, my only thing there is John Tavares. Don't sleep on that, okay? Round 10 coming up. Owen Power was the first uh, player taken in round 10. Power glove. And then Matt Boldy, uh, Mikhail Sergachev, uh, Tristan Jari, Braden Point, Mark Shifley, and then I took Alexander Georgiev. Georgie? Um, Josh Norris then went, Marc-Andre Fleury, Matt Zuccarello, Nazem Kadri, Tyler Toffoli. So this was the round where I felt like I I panicked a bit because I had I had a plan and two of my guys got picked and then I was scrambling a little bit and I ended up taking Alexander Georgiev, which it could be worse as a panic pick. Um, I think, yeah, uh, you know, he, he, we all know he has the potential. He's playing on the reigning Stanley Cup champion. He's he's basically the one A there um, with Pavel Francouz as the as the one B. So, um, and good thing I picked up both of them because I could probably just drop one of them. If one of them gets hot and the other one's not playing, I'll just drop one of them. Uh, there's no problem there because Francouz is my last pick. So, um, but yeah, in this in this round here, I, I thought Owen Power was a little high. Um, so this is pick 109, I think, and his ADP in, in the other leagues that I'm doing, it's, it's more around like 165. So I don't think he needed to waste a pick on Owen power here, especially when there's still other good defensemen available. Like, um, you know, Sergachev, for example, went two picks later, pick up Sergachev. What the hell are you doing? All right. This guy's nuts. All right. I'm not going to say his name. All right. But I'm just going to talk a bunch of crap on him. All right. And then on a format where he can't defend himself all right uh yes so there was to me there's lots of good defensemen available still remaining and he chose Odin power I think he could have waited but that's that round 11 we're almost done um Tyler Sagan went first great pick there Trevor Zegras again this uh like the John Tavares thing because he's injured now all of a sudden his ADP is, is plummeted right you can pick Zegras up at a value and you should because obviously he's back on the, he's back on the ice. I don't know if you've read that news, but he took that hit. He was he was decimated. Uh, open ice hit. He's he's back on the ice. He's not he's not uh, playing games yet. But I I don't think he's going to be too far away. So Zegers he's going to be a point point a game player I think, and he could have a he could have a really nice season. So to get him in round eleven, yes please. Okay. And then Adrian Kempe, another guy. I love me some Kempe. I think. This is a, a prime breakout player. I mean, he's a he's a goal scorer, big sh- big shooter, big shooter, um, and he's playing on the top line with uh, Kevin Fiala and uh, uh, Kopitar. Right, great deployment, first line power play. 
This guy, he's going to light it up. And to pick him up in round 11, very nice, all right? Radko Gudis went, uh, went next. This is a guy who's only being drafted in category leagues, not points leagues, all right? Unless hits are, are an insane uh, amount of points. But Radko Gudis led the league in hits, you know, I think over the last three years, two or three years. The guy is a unit, all right? And he has a cool name too. He's a, I, I should do it like an all-name uh, team. Radko Gudis. Uh, that, that'll be in there for sure. Good job, mom and dad. Next up was Tyler Bertuzzi taken off the board. And then I picked up my man, Vinny Tro. Tro Fo Show. Vinny Trocheck. This guy's awesome. And he's um, he's he's so he's rated so low his ADP and drafts. I, I've got him on four separate teams that I'm doing because no one picks him up. And I think, I really do think that, first off, in a category league, he hits. Uh, he hits a lot, not just a little bit. Like he had 100, 150 hits or something like that last year. I don't have his numbers in front of me, but, um, you know, and he had uh, 50 points. So now put him on a uh, better deployment with better line mates and first line power play. Uh, I, I think he's going to get 60 points, 65 points with a bunch of hits. Round 11, sign me up. That is my guy. I love Vinny Trocek. So he's one of those guys you can pick up when you're fading centers. Just know that Vinny Trocek is available much later on, okay? And someone took Charlie McAvoy here, which I think is a great pick. Um, yeah, he, he's in round 11. That's, that's a no-brainer because when he comes back, it'll be around Christmas time, but he's going to be returning you like fifth or sixth round value, right? So why not? Pick him up. Like he, he's, he's an elite level defenseman um, and you just have to tread water, right? You just, you tread water with your team and you pick guys up off the waiver until he's, you know, he comes back from injury and you're, and you're laughing. That's like a nice little Christmas present right there. Okay. Round 12 started out with Tony D'Angelo, Sam Bennett, Kalen Addison went in this round. Uh, I think I talked about it on the, on the pod there. Yeah, I don't really agree with that. Um, Kalen Addison hasn't shown yet. It's for Minnesota, by the way. Mm. He hasn't shown, or we haven't seen consistently that he's getting those minutes with, with Minnesota on their top power play. So we need to see that uh, a little bit more before we get, I get excited about Kalen Addison. Um, but yeah, it's, it's nice. Uh, it's, a, it's a good story. I hope, he, I hope he does get it. Matt Murray goes after that. Clayton Keller, great pick in round 12. He's going to be over 20 minutes a game. Maybe point a game player. Uh, he's definitely uh, he'll be on the ice for the for the season opener for sure. He's still showing injured in a lot of leagues, but Clayton Keller will be on the ice. Nick Suzuki goes there. Uh, great pick as well. Should should do well. Any hits? I picked Rasmus Anderson. Not my favorite pick of the draft, but I needed defense at this point. And as I mentioned, Anderson's getting that top line power play deployment. So yeah, I, I like it. Um, that Calgary's power play should be just as good this year, if not better. I mean, you got, you got Huberdeau, so um, I'm, I'm liking it. And then Kadri will, will slot in there too. So Anderson, power play one, book it, okay? And if not, then give it to Mackie Weeks, okay? The guy I picked like three rounds higher for some reason, all right? For his peripherals, all right? That's what I, that's the reason. Damon Severson goes after that. Shane Gostisbehar, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Jordan Bennington, great pick in round 12. Uh, Zach Hyman to finish off that round. And uh, round 13 comes up, and we got uh, Elvis Merlickens, uh, a great uh, zero-G pick in round 13. He's a volume starter again, and he looks pretty awesome coming out the gate. 
Um, Columbus is going to be an improved team, so I think there's a good chance he at least outdoes himself what he did last year, right? And I think he'll. I think it's his team at this point, right? Jonas Corposalo, he's injured to start the season, so Merzlikens going to get a good look. Pick him up. Pick him up. Hey, Lloyd, look, there's some people want to ride too. Pick him up. Um, Noah Hannafin, Braden Shen, Arturi Lekkinen, great pick in the 13th round. Already talked about um, this guy and why it's such a good pick. Um, and he's got dual eligibility, left wing, right wing. I love that. David Perron, I got sniped there. That sucked. I was going to pick him up. So um, I picked up Blake Wheeler instead. Um, I like Blake Wheeler. Uh, I don't know. He, he, it, when you're into these rounds, 13, 14, 15, 16, these are guys that you're comfortable dropping, right? If Blake Wheeler comes out and plays stinky for the first, you know, 10 games, uh, I wouldn't hesitate to be like, ah, see you later, buddy. So we'll see. That's a cool name, though. That's actually what I wish my name was. My name is Blake Creamer. Try growing up with that name. All right. I wish my name was Blake Wheeler. That's that sounds. I, I would have been a professional hockey player as well. Um, Matty Barzal goes in the in round thirteen, so you can see how far he's falling, especially in a category league, right? Because he doesn't offer any peripherals. But yeah, nine million dollar player down, getting picked in round thirteen. That's nice. And then yeah, below him you got Robert Thomas, eight million dollar player. So. Uh, very similar skill sets, right? They're, they both don't shoot a ton. They get a lot of assists and they're softies, all right? So that, that's in category leagues. You can get those type of guys around round 13. Next up, round 14, Bo Horvat, Tanner Janot, a guy I was uh, struggling to not draft. I think this is the right place for him. It just didn't work in my favor, but um, Tanner Janot is awesome. I'm, I'm excited to watch this guy this year. I think, you know, he, he has some potential. He, he's like a... Brady Kachuk light, you know, he's, he scored 24 goals last year. That's excellent on with, on the third line. Um, and he hit, he had 318 hits and 64 blocks, which is not nothing. So this guy is just a, he's just a beast. Um, so I'm interested to see what he does. Uh, he got some power play time in their recent, uh, preseason win. If he gets on the power play, I mean, who knows? Uh, he got 41 points last year. He might be able to get 50 points this year with 300 hits. Hello. That is major value at that point in the draft, okay? I just didn't have the I didn't have the cojones to do that, and that's fine because I, I like to try and be a little safer, um, where maybe I could have taken a bit of swing there, but that's fine. I did need some D, so that's what happened here. Um, Seth Jarvis went in this round. Eric Carlson, Thomas Hurdle. Are you a member of the Turtle Club? Well, not exactly. Not exactly. But am I not turtly enough for the Turtle Club? Who I think is going to have a great season, actually. That I think there's a lot of people are sleeping on San Jose as well. And uh, Hurdle, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's center only. His peripherals are okay. But, he, yeah, he, he's got a lot of potential. And, and that line, he has some, some chemistry with uh, Timo Meyer. So we'll see what happens there in San Jose. Um, I'll definitely keep an eye on Thomas Hurdle. I don't think I'll be drafting him, but I think he should be drafted. I picked Tyson Berry at this point. Um, the other night, it looked like Evan Bouchard was was manning the power play, so that's not exactly what I want to see. Um, you know, we'll see what happens moving forward. Tyson Berry can still do some good work, even strength. It's just it, it, it really caps his ceiling because I think he's sort of due for a bit of a bounce-back season or a better season than he had last year. Um, Tyson Berry's done it before. Evan Bouchard, you know, he's still a little bit unproven. 
So we'll see what happens. Um, Tyson Berry is available very late in drafts. So, you know, if you need a defenseman, check your check, check the, the queue and, and load up Tyson Berry because he's there. I guess he just pisses a lot of people off when they draft him because uh, he doesn't sort of match what you think he's going to do. So I think he's a value this year. So pick him up. Uh, Mason Marchment went in this round. Um, yeah, a lot of potential for that guy. Um, I, I kind of want to see... Dallas is a weird one for me because Jason Robertson is not signed yet. So they got to sign Jason Robertson. I don't know what the hell's going on. But, um, you know, it's going to mess with the chemistry a little bit because, you know, they're not going to sign Jason Robertson and then, like, like he's going to the first line. So they're going to have to juggle everything. And so Mason Marchment may get some good deployment to start, but when Jason Robertson comes in, what happens then, Right. Besser goes in this round as well, round 14. I love the pick. I love Besser. I hate that he's injured to start again. This guy has terrible luck, and, and I just I want him to do really well. So hopefully when he comes back, his hand is good to go, and he can just fire away. Uh, round 15, a couple good picks here, good value picks. Jeff Petrie is a nice late D man um, because just because of the peripherals that he brings. Hits and blocks big time, and he could get you 30, 40 points. You know, so definitely look at Jeff Petrie there. Logan Thompson, someone picked up. Again, what is going on with the goaltending in Vegas? It's not exactly clear. He, uh, it looks like he's their best option right now, but um, he has the ability to be sent down to waivers and the other uh, goalies don't. So that, that gives me a little bit of pause. Logan Thompson, I mean, round 15, take a flyer, right? Um, you know, you can always uh, drop him and pick up Anton Forsberg. Right, Vili Huso even. Um, I like Vili Huso this year. Actually, he was picked in this round, so you can't pick him up. All right, but you can pick up Uko Pekka Lukanen. I don't even. I think that's the man's name. I just like saying it. Um, Jeff Skinner picked this round. Crazy value offensively. Offensively, anyway, at round fifteen, this guy's going to get thirty goals, sixty points. Pretty much, just book it in. He's he's good to go. He's left winger. That's nice. I got Carter Verhage. I don't know what's going to happen with Carter Verhage this year. He's getting first line with Barkov. I like that. Other than that, maybe some power play time. I'm hoping for 50 points. Carter Verhage, that would be nice. Uh, Michael Bunting is here. Uh, He got picked in this round. He's getting first line minutes with Marner and Matthews. That could be nice. Uh, And with Tavares out, he's getting power play time as well. So Michael Bunting could be a a quick starter if if he gels with those guys. And how do you not gel with those guys? There was a ridiculous passing play on one of their power plays. I was just watching some highlights, and uh, Nylander made a snipe. But, I mean, that, that team offensively is just ridiculous. Um, you know, I think it was Marner to Matthews to Nylander. And it, was just, it was just like, uh, you know, pros against the Pee Wee team or something. So um, I'm, I'm not a Toronto fan uh, per se, but I do love me some Mitch Marner and I do love me some Austin Matthews. How can you not? You're a hockey fan. I want to watch good hockey and, uh, and that's what they're doing there. And then last round, round 16, let's take a look. A lot of people are getting some, some, uh, some bangers. So we got, uh, yeah, Keandre Miller went Mario, Mario Ferraro, another cool name. Um, and I picked up Pavel Francis, um, which yeah, may like, like I said, I'll, I'll probably, you know, how, uh, based on how things, sort of shape up, uh, you know, coming out of the gates here, I'll probably end up dropping one of those goalies because I want to pick up another player or something. Um, someone picked up Taylor Hall. Someone picked up Tom Wilson. 
Vitek Vanacek is a popular, um, you know, kind of zero G goalie. Like if you want to get a goalie late, that's, that's fine. Um, and then Andre Kuzmenko got picked in the 16th round. That was a miss on my part. I would have, I would have drafted Andre Kuzmenko um, instead of uh, Pavel Francouz if I would have remembered that he was there. So that's my bad. So good tip. When you have that first couple minutes before the draft starts, go in and just start, just go down the whole list and just, just fill up your queue. Get it just so you f- remember that their players are there, right? Um, but that's that's really it. So overall, I think um, I'm very happy with my team. I, I, I do feel like my team is a little bit softer when it comes to the peripherals, but I have some amazing offense as well. Um, and yeah, just looking at some of the other teams, I feel good. I'll, I'll definitely, I'll give you, keep you a little bit updated on this this one, but it's so hard. I'm, I'm in so many leagues this year. Um, I really I like... I'm going to have to try and, uh, you know, um, remember who's on what team, right? Cause there's, it's very important streaming, uh, in these, in these head to head leagues, like maximizing your games played, uh, that is, is going to be a, a really big piece that you're all going to need to kind of figure out how to do. And that's what we're going to help you do here on uh, fantasy NHL today. But that is it. That's, uh, that's, you know, rounds one through 16. I hope you found some value here. Um, let me know what you think in, uh, on Twitter, uh, hit me up on Twitter. Um, you know, please, uh, if you like this podcast, tell, tell your friends about it. If you find value, uh, let me know what's working for you. Let me know what's not working for you. I'm making this for you all so that you, you know, my goal again is to help you win some leagues, win some money, right? There's nothing better than that. It's like free money, basically. Uh, any, uh, all the pool winnings I get, I, I basically just go out and blow on the stupidest crap. Um, because it's just fun, you know? (laughs) So that's, that's what we do it for. But, um, anyways, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we're going to get a couple more podcasts this week. So keep your ears open. Obviously the season is starting up soon. So we'll, we'll have some analysis of those first couple games. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for stopping by. Celebrate your day. Bye for now. A rational explanation is hardly necessary. 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 necessary.